Sports Complex. Afternoons 5 to 7. Hell yeah! On the horn. Hour two here on the Sports Complex. We'll get into some NFL picks. We will get in to some World Series predictions, some NBA full season predictions. We're not picking games for the NBA, not yet. So don't worry, we won't get to, but we're going to do some NBA predictions. Giving you up to Vandergriff at 645, unless there's a weather delay. I've heard there may be a weather delay, so we may be here until 7. We'll stick with you. We'll, we'll let you know. Uh, we'll get into that. And, of course, your text. Your text. Keep the show rolling. 512-447-3776. And I appreciate I want to shout out to everyone who uh, reached out on the text line uh, for good wishes. Uh, my brother, Anthony who uh, Anthony White, who did Instant Series, my co-host on Instant Series, one of my closest friends. Uh, had a very serious uh, health scare this week, uh, and uh, he's he's doing he's getting he's on the right track. Still a long road ahead, but uh, I appreciate uh, everybody who's been a distraction this week and uh, and uh, had good wishes and, and well wishes uh, for Anthony and his family as uh, as they get through this. I uh, really do appreciate it because uh, it's, it's a rough road right now. But uh, I do appreciate everybody. My man Jacob offering to help out has been helping out too. My man Ty helping out. So I appreciate everybody helping out with that. Just want to get that. So you guys know that uh, I do appreciate it. I do appreciate it. Uh, let's go. Uh, uh, Jacob, we do have a couple more texts, Jake. Uh, we okay. do have uh, some some people that are a little bit higher up on us now. Utah 56, hey. BYU 13. Malik lights it up, completes a deep ball. QB controversy, baby, from RT2. So there's one. We get one that says 56 to 13. We get a horns roll 44-17. Uh, my man, Chief Engineer, says, "Buckle up! It's going to be a long season because uh, this is how Texas plays." So, uh, you know, maybe not all, maybe not everybody, but we get a couple there. We get a couple covers. TJ Horns got me with the cover forty four seventeen. I uh, appreciate that. Uh, we man. Got, it, it, look, hey man, some, we got we got to get some people on here that are on. I need I need some people to bring the Kool Aid. Yeah, they're bringing a lot of it though. They're bringing a whole lot. To bring a whole lot of Kool-Aid. Look, you got it. Sometimes you just got to bring the Kool-Aid. Uh, <laughs> let's get to some NFL games, uh, Jacob. We have uh, the Texans. They were off last week. It was a bye week. They are looking better than most people had predicted them to look, which we're, we're a fan of. Uh, they are now a team that is technically, they're basically a game and a half back from Jacksonville in the division. Uh, we know that they have seemed to have Jacksonville's numbers, so that is something you can look at. But this is a team that, you know they they continue to impress. They're now playing a game where we thought this would be a matchup of the two rookie quarterbacks, and we didn't know how it was going to look. And you said, "Oh, you marked this on your calendar." They play the Panthers. They're at Carolina. Their Texans are three point favorites. Which wins last time the Texans were a favorite on the road. Uh, but to see this, the Texans look like they're much further along in their rebuild than Carolina is right now. Uh, do you like this Texans three-point line? Do you think the Texans can go to Carolina and continue after the bye week, get a little bit more healthy? That offensive line is starting to get back a little bit healthier? Yeah, guys, it's no secret anymore. C.J. Stroud can play football. Uh, Bryce Young and the Panthers are really struggling, not to mention Frank Reich. He always looks like he doesn't want to be there or like he made a tremendous mistake. <laughs> I think the Panthers are going to sneak up on someone at some point this season, but it won't be this week. I like the Texans minus three here. Yeah, I think everybody would just go, hey, can we do a do-over on the Frank Reich thing? 
Maybe he needed well because and this was the thing and I, maybe he's just that's he's just got resting. I wish I was dead face, but he oh, man. he really just always like like at the end of Indianapolis. I was like he just needs a year away, a year or two away from football. Let him go commentate or something, and then come back, and then it'll be fine. Like let him just don't be a head coach for a couple. And then they hired him in Carolina. Like, why no? Take some time off, man. Get get the love of the game back. But he came right back into a situation, and I think he's a good coach and a good builder, but it just – I don't know if he's – I don't know how you can get people to really be into the game if you are constantly look like this is not fun for you. And I, I think that Texans are, are doing well right now. I have them covering this. I think they're going to continue to play well against the lower teams. They don't have a ton of uh, big games on the schedule. Uh, you know, there's like three or four games where they play really, you know, up to upper-tier teams. And one of those is the Bengals. So, yeah. you know, they have a shot to go in and compete in this division. We'll see if they can continue to go, if they can continue to uh, uh, fix, you know, get the run game running better. Damian Pierce had a really hard time learning the zone uh, run scheme. Add that in with an offensive line that was just having trouble blocking anybody because everybody was hurt. You know, it took a little while, but it seems to be improving every week. He's getting, you know, you're getting 10, 12, 15, 20 more yards on the run game. Singletary's looking good as a backup running back, so I think that's teaching him some of the holes he should be finding. I, I think this is a Texans win right here, and uh, the Panthers get to really be unhappy that they trade away their first-round pick, whereas the Texans okay with tra- trading away their first-round pick. Both these guys trade away a first next year, and one of them seems happier about it, I'm sure. Uh, most definitely. Uh, let's go over to the other team we're talking about in the AFC South. The Jaguars, two and a half point favorites at the Steelers. That again, and the Steelers, you know, Matt Canada, there's been the issues with Matt Canada so far this year that everybody wants him ousted. Uh, there's been the issues with uh, just any part of this offense. Kenny Pickett's had some injury issues as well. But to see that Jacksonville should be able to go on the road, I don't know why they look so bad. I, one of the things you've noticed is that this offense seems like it's so run through Trevor Lawrence and not a system that you'd kind of like them to see a little bit more of a system played in this uh, Jacksonville offense when you have so many weapons as opposed to letting Trevor Lawrence freelance as much as he does. That being said, I'll say that Jacksonville gets the win and covers by because it's only two and a half points. I, I, I could believe the Steelers do it at home, though, too. I just I, I'm, I'm on the anti-Mac Canada bandwagon with everybody else. Yeah, I'm not so sure though. And normally, like the Jaguars are five and two, and they look very impressive when they do when everything's clicking. Trevor Lawrence made a comment though about the terrible towels in Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh fans are not too pleased about it. And he's about <laughs> to walk into that building, and they're gonna let him know about it. And that defense, if they can get a couple sacks early, and that crowd is really on top of Trevor Lawrence, as heavily involved in the offense as he is. I'll take the Steelers plus two and a half on this one. I like it. I like it. We got to disagree somewhere, Jacob. We got to disagree somewhere. I feel better when we disagree. <laughs> I know. I be- I feel better when I when I make the right choice too. So, uh, Vikings are right, Packers. Uh, this one's interesting. Me, Vikings and Packers, one and a half point favorites for the Packers. This is kind of feels like the Vikings. It's right before the trade deadline. This feels like if they win this game, okay, we're in it. We're, we're 500 again. We have a shot to try and do something. Let's not blow it up. Let's wait for Jefferson to get back. Or if you lose, maybe maybe we blow, some, maybe we blow this up a little bit. Maybe we send some guys out. Maybe we, we you know, give away Kirk Cousins for a lot less than we thought we were going to give him up. This feels like a big game for the Vikings. The Packers, you know, they, they make their decision on the quarterback at the end of the season. They don't have to make it now. 
they weren't expecting to be a big contender anyway. But the Vikings a big one, and they're they're an underdog here at Green Bay. Uh, I have the Vikings winning. I have the Kirk Cousins making it really hard for the Vikings to make any decisions to move forward, and they sit right there at 500, which is right where that Kirk Cousins line is. It's a 500 team. What do you got? I'm going to go the other way, man. The Vikings just beat the 49ers, and they're an underdog against the Packers the next week. I think that speaks volumes. I, I think there's going to be a lot of fool's gold. I think they had a lot of stuff going the right way for them in that 49ers game. They were kind of – it's the first time you really saw that team fully in sync all year, especially that defense. They were flying around. Um, I like the Packers at home in this one, though. I think the Vikings kind of come back to earth a little bit and realize exactly where they're at as a football team. Yeah, I mean, it, in reality, you would expect them to uh, to Vikings to, to lose this game. They're, they're the underdog, but I just it feels like a Kirk Cousins thing to screw it up for the Vikings. We're like, well, when we lose, we'll trade him. But, and then he just wins, and they have to go, crap, all right. Like he looked pretty Wait, good in that getting, game. If he keeps getting fully guaranteed contracts, what are they going to do? I just he's going to be on that. They're just going to give him that Mike Gundy contract that Oklahoma State that, that wishes they hadn't done, where it, <laughs> it renews every year and every year it's a five year contract. You can never get out of it. That's what they just do. Some teams sign him and just be like, "Look, you're our guy. We're okay being five hundred. It's all right. We're just we're just taking profit." Like Tennessee, that feels like a perfect place for him in Tennessee. Oh man. <laughs> Uh, the Browns are at the Seahawks. Deshaun Watson missing the game again. He's it's this time Stefanski's fallen on the blade this time because last time he said he Stefanski said he was okay, he could play, and Watson had to come out and say he couldn't play. This time uh, Stefanski is saying no, no, it's me. I'm the one telling uh, him no. We don't want him to be hurt long term. The reality is both people are kind of sitting in the same area, saying it's not so much a pain tolerance thing as it is a we're worried about him being able to make the throws thing, that it's a, that a disconnect on you know flexibility or something in that or strength or something in that range because both of them said pain tolerance, he would be in the game. It's more about making the plays, but they have to go play a Seahawks team that is not missing their starting quarterback. Uh, they're going to be able to run the ball. This Browns defense, though, has been really, really good. Uh, do you think the Seahawks at home are going to be able to Beat, get through this Browns defense, or is it just a thing of the Browns offense not being able to put up any points? Yeah, hey, Patrick, I just checked, and all the people that wrote Geno Smith off, yeah, he still hasn't written them back. So <laughs> I like the Seahawks to cover three and a half in this one. I think that's a very dangerous football team, and they're going to be at home with the 12th man on their side. Deshaun Watson, like you said, not playing again. Uh, P.J. Walker, that offense obviously looks different without Deshaun Watson running it. Um, I like the Seahawks to win this one by more than three and a half points. Yeah, I got the Seahawks in this one as well. I, You know, the Browns defense, it's really good and defense travels. But I don't know if this offense is going to be able to put up the amount of points they're going to need to to win at Seattle. I think if they're at home, right. they have a little bit more of an advantage, can get another touchdown or, you know, seven to ten points, and it kind of helps you win that game. I don't know if on the road it's going to be that way. Uh, the Bengals at the 49ers. 49ers are four-point favorites. We know Sam Darnold will be the starting quarterback for the 49ers. Brock Purdy is in concussion protocol. So we have a Joe Burrow-led uh, uh, Bengals team that hasn't looked quite like the team that we've seen in the past. They've started to struggle. People have started to figure them out a little bit. Maybe they're just Joe Burrow hasn't been healthy enough to get it going. Uh, but we know they can get it going. It's a really good defense of the 49ers. Then add in the fact that the – 49ers are now without their starting quarterback, Sam Darnold, who is on his third team 
trying to prove that it was just two bad teams, and now that he's on a good team, do you have faith in Sam Darnold to cover this four points and a, a banged-up Christian McCaffrey and a banged-up Debo Sam and everybody's banged up on the 49ers, or can Joe Burrow pull out another big win on here when he's playing against a team that is just beat up? It is surprising to me that the 49ers are favored in this matchup. I think we saw last week that without Debo and Trent Williams, that offense looks dramatically different. Now you're going to take Brock Purdy out of the equation. I like the Bengals in this matchup. I think this is exactly the way Bengals seasons seem to start. And then all of a sudden, you know, we're all into December and January talking about the Bengals contending for the division, or not the division, the conference. So uh, I like the Bengals in this one. Yeah, I, this does. I agree with you. This feels like a Bengals game of that's the defining turning point of the season. Right. And in reality, it was because the offense kept getting three and outs for 49ers. And so they just got more opportunities. So they felt a little bit safer in there and were able to get some big plays. But I look, I just don't have the faith in Sam Darnold. I, I know Kyle Shanahan does. I know this is probably the most quarterback friendly offense in the league. I know all of these things. I, I understand all of them. I just can't. Look, we know what Trey Lance did there, and it's a different kind of thing, but I I just can't get – until I see it, I'm not going to believe that Sam Darnold's going to walk in and just be good enough to get the ball out. And once you do that, you're going to try and make him make throws because – and you also remember, Lou Anarumo is a, is a heck of a defensive coordinator. He's the one who basically found the formula to stopping Patrick Mahomes, and he's got to stop Sam Darnold now. I mean, that's the same guy, though, right? I mean, that's pretty much the same concept. It's same concept. I mean, those guys, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes and Sam Darnold, same guy, right? One of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of them has team. one of them's uh, the highest paid contract at the time. The other one, third team, third team. The other one's just a team guy. All right, he <laughs> wants to put players around him. Yes, that's what it is. Uh, yeah, but I got the Bengals in that one too. Uh, Bears at Chargers. Chargers are eight and a half point favorites. The only reason I put this on there is this is a Chargers team. That has screwed up every chance they get. And they've played some harder teams, <laughs> but they just keep screwing it up. And like it feels at some point Brandon Staley is actively just like, cool, just how, what do I have to do to get fired here? What do I have to do? And they're eight and a half point favorites, and I still think they could lose this game to the Bears. Yeah, I'm not too confident in the Chargers in this matchup. Plus, uh, Bajnet, I, I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name yet. Uh, he's not electrifying, but he's efficient. And I think he's efficient enough to stay within eight and a half points against the Chargers that just, like you said, it, just looking for reasons to make a Chargers fan throw their TV remote at the TV. Yeah, I mean, and it feels like this is the, the right type of game for Kellen Moore to start get the offense going. But again, Brandon Staley... Where he'll just go, no, we'll just we'll play this type of off this defense, and we'll be able to stop him playing our game. And then they'll do something completely different that could have been game planned against, and he won't game plan for it. Or he'll, I just, I have no faith in Brandon Staley. And eight and a half is too many points for me to give Brandon Staley credit. They could win by forty five in this game, and then lose the rest of the games this season too. That is also a Chargers <laughs> thing to do. Uh, so I, but I'll, I'll take the Bears in this one to cover eight and a half. Uh, and finally, let's get to your Cowboys. Cowboys yes, six-point favorites. Uh, they're at home against the Rams. They had the bye week last week to kind of regain some composure, feel like they're getting better, get a little bit healthier. The trade deadline is looming. Jerry Jones has said, we're not making any calls. I like our guys, but we're listening. And we know Which that is, there's a field. I mean, hey, Derrick Henry uh, didn't practice. I don't know if the <laughs> – 
Well, it depends if Tennessee calls him because apparently he's too good oh, to reach out. I guarantee Tennessee has called the Cowboys because they're calling up for DeAndre <laughs> Hopkins anyway. They're trying to move off everybody. So I guarantee that phone is rang. Now the question is, what do they want back? Is Do they right. want back a player? Do they want – like because you could see a lot of these players could be calling and asking for a Deuce Vaughn or a Trey Lance or one of those guys. Be like, hey, give us one of your guys on your bench that you're not using. We like one of the younger guys you have that you're not playing, we'll take them and we'll give you the older guys so you can win now, but we want the youth, and I don't think Jerry's willing to give up any of his young guys. So I think at that point, you know, he'll give up a guy on the defense that he doesn't know their name or something like that, but if he knows their name, if they're in a storyline, he's not going to – I don't think Jerry wants to give up any of those guys. So he, it's more about I want, I want to trade for guys. I don't want to give up anything more than a fifth probably unless it's a really big, great trade. Yeah, Jerry's ego gets attached to his draft picks a little too often, so I think you're right on that. I think the young guys aren't going anywhere just because Jerry, when you know, when they're his draft picks, he's got to prove that I told y'all this was going to work out. Yeah, I uh, they they do are playing this weekend against the Rams. I am a bit worried about Aaron Donald and what he's going to be able to do to change this game. That worries me some, but in reality, I think the Cowboys should be able to cover six here. They should be able to do it. I'm going to put my faith in that they should be able to handle their business. Sean McVay is a much better coach than Mike McCarthy, but I don't know if he's got the the players, and I know that the Cowboys have the players to beat this Rams team. Whether they can do it or not is a different question. Yeah, I like Dallas to cover the six points as well. The uh, And because of the inspiration, because over the last couple of weeks, the NFC has seemingly opened wide open. So two lost teams in the NFC now are suddenly contenders again just because of the fall of the 49ers over the last two weeks. And the Eagles really haven't played too many tough teams on their schedule yet. Um, I think Dallas wakes up re-inspired after getting beat down. I think they're ready to roll. I'll take the Cowboys minus six. Yeah, I, I like. I think they're going to come through and do just enough for Jerry not to do anything at the trade deadline for him to say, I like our guys, and then the bottom falls out right after any opportunity to do anything. That feels more like a Cowboys move to me. That was uncalled for. <laughs> that was unnecessary. Wait, is it is it unnecessary because it's a little too on the nose? Yeah, a little bit, all right? Some things just don't need to be stated. <laughs> Some things, look, we all have seen the Cowboys. We know what they do. You don't have to bring it up. It's like We're going to dream that there's something else. Yeah, I know. I know Uncle I know Uncle Patrick's breath smells like Lone Star. You don't need to bring it up. We all know he was drinking before the family event. We don't need to bring that up. Shout out to my man Chief Engineer who is uh now on the ready for the Raiders to lose for the rest of the season so he doesn't have to uh doesn't have to deal with this team and he can get rid of Josh McDaniels. Uh yeah. Look, we're all rooting for the Lions. Even Raiders fans are rooting for the Lions on Monday night, but we'll get more into that on Monday. Uh, we'll get more into that game on Monday. I uh, do like the text line. We did get some more. Uh, Scarlett has uh, BYU 28-27. Just kidding. Texas wins 41-21 and gets the cover just barely, or at least a push. Uh, Bevo Angel says uh, Texas proves Vegas true 41 at Texas. Texas 41, uh, BYU 20. So we get that one as well. So, so people, now they're feeling the confidence. I feel like the Kool-Aid's coming back, Jacob. The Kool-Aid's coming back. Just remember, that line started at 17. Makes me nervous how much it's going up. I don't like that direction. I would be, I would feel more okay if it was getting closer. I, we all would feel more okay if we were like, okay, we can do that. We can do that number. Right. Uh, but no, that is not what the, the case is. Uh, it still, look, still says 20 on my, on my phone. So we're still at 20 today. 
We'll see what it is tomorrow. Uh, we're going to take a break. We come back. We'll get into some World Series talk, some NBA talk, and get you ready uh, to hand you off to Vandergriff at 645, pending weather, if uh, everything's going okay. I've not got the official word that anything is delayed. They just said watch out for it, so we'll watch. Uh, but if everything goes as according to plan, we'll give you up to Vandergriff at 645. But, man, Jacob's with me. We're going to talk a little World Series, a little NBA. Uh, we were both Astros fans, so you can, you can throw your jokes out there. One more day, you get jokes for it. I'm not going to tolerate any more Astros jokes next week, guys. We're not going to read those. I've been reading them off on the air to be nice to you on the text line because you guys are the, the, the you guys drive the show. But, you know, we'll get into it next week. All right, guys. Looks like you guys just have to get them on Twitter. <laughs> yes, it's uh, – what's your Twitter handle again? Uh, Jacob Standard. At Jacob Standard. Just send all of your Astros hate to him. He's actually the guy who invented the cheating scandal. He is the one uh, that banged on the trash <laughs> can. my cameras. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, we can take a break. We come back. We'll get into some uh, World Series and NBA talk. And your text, 512-447-3776, right here on the Sports Complex on the Horn 1019 and 1260, the Horn app and hornfm.com. Patrick Davis and the Sports Complex, weekday afternoons on the Horn. Speechless, I'll hear them die. Blue even cry. Anymore, I will meet you anyway. In your dreams, I don't really care. Underwater, there's a look in your eyes. Sports Complex here on a Friday afternoon. Uh, as far as I've heard, Vandergriff still taking over at 6:45. That's what I've heard. So we'll go Vandergriff taking over at 6:45 for some high school football, some Friday night lights. Uh, Five one two Friday. We play music that you can go check out live around town. This is a really awesome band, an awesome dude that leads it. Uh, Kalu and the Electric Joint. Uh, they are playing part of Levitation Fest. They are playing tomorrow night at. The Mohawk. You can go check out this band, but a very cool band there. Uh, my man Jacob joining us to make some predictions. Uh, sorry, I had to do some math there, and uh, math takes me a while. That's why I work in radio and not math. I don't know if that's a job, math, but they can't do it. Yeah, what do you do? I do math. <laughs> what do you do? I do math, and then just go, ooh, aren't you special? That's I like. Put your glasses up on your nose. Yeah, that's, that's I just like to things that intimidate me. I just get mad at them. So uh, let's get into uh, World Series game one. To, uh, is tonight. Uh, we will have uh, the game starting on game two. We have Vandergriff on our airways tonight, but starting game two on Saturday, we will be carrying that on Monday and Tuesday, and Wednesday. we'll have all of those games for you right here on the Horn. Uh, but tonight, uh, they it kicks off. Uh, I saw some great stuff about the Diamondbacks pitching and. Being an Astros fan, seeing the stuff about Brent Strom, about how him basically completely 
turning that pitching staff around there, you realize that this guy, Brent Strom, for me, might be a guy that you have to put in the Hall of Fame one day. If, if he continues to have success, if the Diamondbacks do win this, uh, that is a crazy uh, turnaround that he's had of two programs. And, and pitchers that may have not been the most well-known, it's something that is just – it's amazing to see how much difference a coach can make when and, and a pitching coach, not even a manager – have you ever do? Can you think of anybody else like as a pitching or just in any sport where you just go, oh no, that guy can make that amount of difference, uh, Jacob? I can't think of anybody that has that kind of impact where their specialty is just getting the most out of guys that you would never expect it from. I mean, it's the he's balling on a budget with uh, what he's doing with his pitching staffs. It's pretty and, and incredible. Well, and then to be able to take it and go, well, you're able to ball on a budget, and then take a second team to the World Series backed on pitching which is what yeah. the Astros were in that 2017 I know we know we can go into everything else but their pitching was really good in that series and made all these young pitchers it's just a crazy thing uh for both the for Brett Strom but the Rangers are going to put that to the test one of the best hitting teams in uh MLB throughout the entire season their hitting numbers throughout the entire season was crazy they've gotten hot at the right time they were able to go against uh Houston and show no fear and and win that series uh, Jacob, what do you have for your prediction of the World Series? So, like you just mentioned, the MLB postseason comes down so often to who gets hot at the right time, and the Rangers are red hot right now. I got the Rangers in five in a gentleman sweep. I think the Diamondbacks are a nice story, but I think the Rangers' bats are going to be too much to overcome. Um, I think the one loss they give up is when Mad Max is on the mound because it's just really hard to rush back from an injury and help out in the playoffs. It takes time to get back in the swing of things. But I like the Rangers in a 4-1 gentleman sweep over the Diamondbacks. Yeah, I'll take that one as well. I think that's a uh, – I, I think that the Rangers – you know what, I'll give, I'll give the Diamondbacks another game. I think the Rangers win it in six. Uh, I, I think the Rangers are just playing so well right now. Diamondbacks are, are playing well. I mean, like to go into Philadelphia and get the wins they needed to win that series uh, is, that is amazing. But I think that yeah. is too the way they won those games versus how the Rangers came into the into Houston. And I know Houston had troubles at home. I'm aware of that. Uh, you can put it in there, but the, the no doubter finish to that series for the Rangers to to just take a game seven and say, "Oh, you're going to hype up a game. Don't even worry about it. It's it's not done deal." That to me, yeah. the, the way they're playing, you know, I, I think they they really want this. This is two teams that really really want it. I, I'll take the Rangers uh, winning this in six and having a huge uh, a World Series celebration. So uh, you know what? I'm I mean, I'm rooting for the Rangers. I know it pisses off every single Rangers fan I know that including you know one in the office, <laughs> including one in the office. Uh, but you know what? That's what. What can I tell you? What can I tell you? I'm I. I'm rooting for the Rangers in this World Series. And, guys, I just go out there and have fun. You know, we all know the oh, real no. World now Series. Now you sound like a loser. No, now you sound <laughs> just, like a lo- <laughs> I'm just trying to ruin it for them. I'm just, just, yeah, I'm just trying to ruin it for them. No, guys, just have – you know, at, you're all winners. <laughs> oh, nothing says I lost more than I had fun today. <laughs> oh, geez. Uh, let's get to some NBA predictions before we got to get out of here for uh, Vandergriff. Uh, if you got anything else you want us to hit before the end of the show, 512-447-3776. Chief Engineer says, I'm going for the Diamondbacks. The deal is they're unknown. There are not books on those players. I don't recognize any of them. Bunch of young guys. I, look, I agree that they are young, but I think they, the Rangers are that for a lot. Like Evan Carter is a guy no one knows. Adolis Garcia was not thought of to be the player that he is right now. 
Uh, you know, you can say Corey Seager, but even Simeon, he was playing for the A's. Like a lot of these guys, they're known, but they're not really like. I think there's similar types of teams that they are kind of ahead of schedule, uh, getting to where they're at, which they would say they're on schedule. But <laughs> I think it's, I think it's more of what you said though, where like Arizona won their games against Philly, Texas slammed the door shut against Houston. Yeah, they slammed the door shut. Uh, and Julian says, I know where BYU is staying. Look, I'm sure they're all at the church right now, you know, getting in their, their good no, tides. No. I don't mess with I don't mess with the Mormons. I don't anybody who can go through it, you know, all the, the hey, they're good people. Just let them let them be in their corner and, and do their thing. And I won't mess with them. And then would you just beat them on the football field? We don't got to be classless fans. We just beat them on the football field. They are a strange bunch. It's uh, I'll leave it at that. Look, and if you know anything about what the Mormons may be doing, there may be a thing that if we try and keep them awake, and you know, someone goes jumps on their bed, they may enjoy it. Who knows? But right. let's you know, go over just to kick, kick the bottom of the bed a little bit. You know, it's just uh, let's use your imagination for the rest. <laughs> let's go some NBA predictions before we get in trouble. Uh, we're not we're not the Pat McAfee show. We can't get away with those things. Uh, oh, that's a comedic informative show. <laughs> the NBA. Uh, let's get some. I gave you some categories to make some predictions on uh, for the end of the season to, to write season-long predictions. That, of course, we'll keep. We'll put them into a lockbox and we'll store it, and uh, then we'll bury it and we'll dig it back up at the end of the season to see how how wrong we were. Uh, NBA predictions. MVP. We'll start with the MVP. Who is your pick for MVP, Jacob? Yeah, no need burying mine. We're just going to go ahead and stamp it on the wall at the office so everybody can see it every day and praise me. I got Dame Lillard as the MVP this year. 39, 39 points in his Bucks debut. He's clearly out to prove something. After the game, he said he didn't come here to waste his time. Defenses can't afford to spend multiple defenders on Dame either because of the other weapons on that team. Give me Dame for the MVP. It's Dame time. I like it. I don't think he plays enough games. I think he plays about 60 games this year. Uh, but oh, I like no. it. I like it. I just don't think he plays. I just think, you know, as he gets older, he just – he uh, he hasn't played a lot of games. And I, he will he'll want to, but I think that also Milwaukee's going to be like, look, we just need you healthy in the playoffs. That's all we need. And Giannis is you know still young enough. We'll get him out there. We'll win some games. Uh, I am my MVP. This is a bit of more of a long shot because Jokic is the front runner right now in Vegas odds. I believe Luka is second. I have Devin Booker. I think this is going to be Devin Booker's coming out year of the guy on this offense where it's not going to be a Bradley Beal team. We know Kevin Durant is amazing. I love Kevin Durant, but he is not the leader. I think this is where you lose Chris Paul. Devin Booker is the leader of this team. He is going to be the guy who plays more games than anybody else on this this Phoenix team. He's going to play more minutes than anybody on this Phoenix team, and their success or failure really relies on Devin Booker. I think this is the year that he's going to be able to have a good year. The team's going to have you know a good season. And just the stats they'll be able to put up where this offense, where you have to pick your poison. I have Devin Booker putting up really good numbers, playing better defensively, doing a lot of things, and getting the MVP. Uh, it's a long shot, but I'll, I'll take Devin Booker on this one uh, instead of taking an easy choice. Uh, let's go over the number one team. Who is the number one regular season team in the East for you? Is it the same answer as the Dame? It has to be. It has to be the Milwaukee Bucks. I think I do think Philly and Boston can make a run for it. I like the changes to their teams. Philly. The noise about James Harden is interesting, but that that will settle itself out throughout the season. I think Boston has a better shot at taking it over than Philly does. Ultimately, I think the Bucks can overwhelm any defense, though. I'll take the Bucks for the number one team in the East. Yeah, uh, I have the Bucks as number my number one team in the East as well. Let's go over to the West. Uh, I have the Nuggets. What about you? 
I have the exact same. They kept about 90% of that roster, and I so far I still haven't seen anybody that can slow them down. They kind of sleepwalk whenever they start slow like that, but as soon as they get nudged to the edge, they turn it on, and I don't think anybody can keep up with them. Yeah, uh, and it's just – so the number one question for the Nuggets of this season of playoffs and everything is health. If they're able to stay healthy, they're going to be really hard to beat. But we know with Jamal Murray, with Michael Porter Jr., with Aaron Gordon, there's been like there's just a lot going on of injuries. Jokic has been healthy for a long time. Big guys like that can stay healthy or they can start to get hurt. If they stay healthy, they're the number one team in the West. But then it goes to your NBA Finals picks. Are this the, is it Bucks Nuggets or does somebody pull an upset in the playoffs? So and the teams I mentioned earlier, Philly and Boston, I think they can make a run at the East spot in the finals. But I think ultimately, I don't know that there's a team that can beat the Bucks for four games in the playoffs. Yep. Um, and as far as the West is concerned, I don't know anybody that can keep up with the Nuggets. I really don't think it's close if they stay healthy. I think they showed that last year. They are an absolute wagon in that conference. Yeah, I, I again, I have the Bucks in the East in there. And what do you have in the West? Denver. You have Denver as well. This is the thing. I have a team. I have a surprise team, and it's a long shot, and it may not happen at all, and I haven't seen enough of this team because there are new people on there, but I think they have a guy who can guard Jokic. I think they have a guy who can put up a ton of points. I'm going to say the Memphis Grizzlies get John Morant back, start to turn around. The Marcus Smart addition in the Dylan Brooks gets to change the atmosphere and the culture of that team a little bit better for the better extent. Jaron Jackson Jr. is one of the best defenders in the league. You put him on a Jokic and slow him down a little bit, and then you play a bunch of guards on ja, on on Jamal Murray and let Ja Morant cook. I I think they could get hot at the right time. If you're going to pick a team other than Denver, and that's all I want to do, I didn't want to be the easy route. So I said, if you want to pick a team other than them that I feel can make that run, I'd say that it's Memphis, and I have them winning the championship because I just fall feel like Dame's going to fall short. I know there's certain guys, and it, good luck for him if he does it, but all those people that demand trades you kind of want. Uh, they they kind of want to. You just don't – once you demand a trade, you don't really want him to win. What do you got as your NBA champion? My NBA champion is the Bucks in seven. Uh, same philosophy for why they're going to win the East. I don't think there's a team that can beat the Bucks four times in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I understand that. I don't think you're wrong. But I'm going to be crazy and say Memphis wins it all. Final pick, Rookie of the Year. Scoot Henderson. No, you suck. It's Wimby all day long. Hey, man, if you watch that Mavs game, Derek Lively's going to do it. Man, he looked good in that game. Right. These are all going to be 100% correct, too. Nobody's going to have any changes before the end of the year. Lock it up. I'm sealing the box. We're digging a hole. Putting the house on it. I know we're on the third floor, but we're going to dig a hole right through the third floor and put the box in. That's an interesting. interesting (laughs) Jacob, thank you for joining me today. We're giving up to Vandergrift football here for some pregame. Appreciate everybody on the text line. Uh, You guys are awesome. Make the show so much fun for us. Uh, Until Monday when we come back on the show. Remember, join uh, Ian Rodby, Mockingbird Saloon, pregame show. Tune in here as well, noon to two. Until then, Monday afternoon, be kind, be safe, keep your underwear clean, and we'll see you right back here on the Sports Complex.